Welcome to MuggleCast, your weekly ride into the Wizarding World fandom. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And I'm Laura. And this week, since it's our end of year episode, we are going to taste test some Harry Potter themed cocktails and we're going to play a few rounds of Harry Potter Heads Up and we're going to talk about the year that was for Harry Potter fans. So a lot to get to today. Also today, the day that we are recording is Laura's birthday. So happy birthday, Laura. Oh my God, it's my birthday? Yeah. I'm, no? I, I forgot. I mean... We wanted to <laughs> surprise you. It was... <laughs> it, we A few of us got together and we said... Wouldn't it be great if we made today Laura's right. birthday? Right. Okay. Well, just with the pandemic and everything, you know, the days bleed together. And wouldn't it be great <laughs> if we made her work on her birthday? Oh, this isn't work, Andrew. Please. She's <laughs> drinking at the top work. of the show, playing yeah. games, and she's with if her, you make her me, best friends. If you make me work on my birthday, I'm fine with it as long as I can drink. I was going to go for that joke as well. Yeah. I'm glad you're. that's how we got you here today. So I can't believe we've never done this on the show, actually. <laughs> you know, we did start this show when we were underage, but I can't believe that we've never actually tried some Harry Potter themed cocktails uh, on the show. Say, we've done plenty of it not on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, and on a, I mean, I haven't had many Harry Potter themed cocktails over the years. I don't know. Is this something that you guys partake in? Yeah, not not too much, to be honest. I, I kind of found mm. my favorite. We'll be talking about it in a little bit, but uh, I found my kind of go-to, and after that, didn't branch out anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think the most has probably been in Orlando, not at the hotel, uh, at the theme park, in terms of theme drinks, right? We've had fire <laughs> whiskey there. We've had uh, a few of the uh, Hogshead Brews, Dragon Scale oh, yeah. Ale, some mm -hmm. of the- those drinks come to mind, but nothing like this. This is kind of cool. And I know at the Harry Potter fan conventions, like at the dance, at the dance night, oh, right. there's usually a bartender or two and they have Harry Potter themed cocktails. So that's fun as well. Um, it's always it's always fun to drink themed cocktails, even if you're at a bar like you just you just decide to pick a cocktail simply because you really like the name of the drink. <laughs> um, so we each decided to create a cocktail that we found online. I went to a BuzzFeed list and I picked this drink called the Felix Felicis. I thought, you know, it's the end of the year. We're looking ahead to 2021. I'm looking for a little luck. And what better than the liquid luck found in Harry Potter. So this is a quarter ounce simple syrup, a quarter ounce lemon juice. I squeezed the lemons myself. This is fresh as hell. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do you have a lemon tree? Uh, you know what? I actually did just plant a lemon tree, but oh. I went to I went to a food store to, to get these lemons. Very Dexter um, of you. <laughs> uh, one and a half ounces of ginger beer and then champagne or other sparkling wine. This is another reason why I lean towards this drink because champagne, you know, it's, it's a brunch item. So I thought if I'm going to be drinking at eight in the morning, this is the earliest that I've had a drink, I may as well uh, have something that is based in champagne. You're in Vegas, baby, though. Come on. <laughs> I'm, in, <laughs> I'm in Vegas. I guess it's quite normal here. So here I go. Ooh, <laughs> I love nice. this slurp. Well, it's audio. I got to make some noises. Oh, true, true. <laughs> that would be pretty weird, yeah, if he just came, if there was silence for 10 seconds, he's like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> right. I, I, try to, I try to illustrate the podcast. Um, okay, this is really good. I really like the combo. I mean, um, people are going to say I'm describing a mimosa, but I like the combo of champagne and lemon um, in a drink. That's really nice. So 
I'm going to be very buzzed by the end of today's program. <laughs> Who wants to go next? I can go next. Um, the one that I did was a calming draft. Um, similar to Andrew, I was thinking about, you know, themes of the year. And I was like, after this year, I feel like we all need a little calm. Um, so the way this is traditionally made is with uh, one part Irish cream, you can use Bailey's, one part milk with a pinch of cinnamon and a pinch of nutmeg. However, because it's at the morning and I'm addicted to caffeine, I absolutely added coffee <laughs> to this concoction. Uh, and I'm Smart. really looking forward to it. So this is the drink. It just kind of looks like a coffee drink, but it, it smells really, really good. Mm. I'll do like Andrew and like <laughs> <laughs> do a slurp. Um, wow, that's really good. That's really yeah. good. It tastes like a fancy coffee drink. If you're into that kind of thing. What would you rate it? Maybe we should grade these. Grade it like an owl. It's acceptable. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to give mine an acceptable as well. But I also blame the person who made the drink, which is me, because <laughs> I'm not a pro. <laughs> All right, Eric, Micah? Yeah. Uh, okay, so I will be trying the Albus Dumbledore. Oh. This is from, I think, the same BuzzFeed article that we all used, but um, it basically is one part vodka with a splash of lemon juice. Now, unlike Andrew, I actually just got like, you know, the lemon juice that comes in like the plastic lemon. Right. Yeah. That's what I was looking for last night, but I couldn't find it. So I was like, fine, I'll buy a real lemon. No, I had that in my fridge. It turns out that goes bad. So I actually had to get new stuff yesterday. <laughs> Good thing I oh. ugh, prepared. Yeah. It only has a shelf life of like, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but it's like two years. Um, anyways, I never cleaned up my <laughs> Eric's had a little bottle of lemon juice sitting in this house for five years. <laughs> Slowly. Is what we just what, learned. Whatever the next Pokemon evolution of lemon juice is. That's what my uh, old lemon juice was. But um, but yeah, and then it's uh, sugar. But it's actually, get this. So it's powdered sugar and you rim the glass. I've never done this before. I'm going to turn on my video. I rimmed the glass with powdered sugar. On the top. That looks and nice. The way I did that, I actually, you put a little water around the glass edge and then you, when the glass is empty, you dip it in the powdered sugar and then it retains on the top. Yeah. So uh, I also have whiskey stones in here just to keep it cool because I didn't know exactly, you know, how long it would be till we did this. But, but yeah, mm -hmm. it's the Dumbledore. I like the lemon. The lemon is a good um, in joke. You know, Dumbledore is quite fond of lemon drops, the muggle sweet. So, right. That's why I picked the cocktail. I was like, oh, this stands out as being like a book inspired. It just spoke to me. Yeah. All right. Let's see you try nice. it. Nice. Nice glass, too. Oh, yeah. This it looks is like the, a Game of Thrones one. It's a Game of Thrones <laughs> brewery glass. This is the closest to the martini glass that goes out. You know, oh, that yeah. That I could yeah. find. I already had some of the sugar. It's really good. It looks like a snowstorm hit the side of that mug, and I say that as a compliment. It honestly did. This is actually stuck on. It's not coming off. Okay, this is good. This is really sweet. For how much uh, vodka I put in here versus the lemon, the lemon actually cuts through and stands out. I mm. did also augment, I will say, with soda. So I do have some soda water in here as well. I would give this a uh, definitely an acceptable. Vodka is not my go-to alcohol, so I would say um, you know, definitely acceptable. Okay. Cool. I chose, I actually made up the name for this. So we were talking a little bit before the show about how we did a lot of this just based on what was sitting around the house. And I happened to have some Drambuie, which is a really nice, sweet liqueur. Uh, and so I Googled what I could use Drambuie with. And there was one that came up just called Nick. 
And so I thought, okay, I'm going to name this, rename this nearly headlessly. So it is whiskey, drambuie, some orange juice. I went with the orange mango combo from Trader Joe's, uh, freshly squeezed lemon and some bitters. So it has a little bit of that uh, old fashioned feel to it. Doesn't really look like an old fashioned. Can you guys see it? Okay. Yeah. Looks nice. I'm not sure what the uh, tie to Nearly Headless Nick is. Maybe he drank this back in the day when uh, he was uh, riding with the Headless Hunt. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try it. Okay. You can hear the ice clinking. Yeah, we didn't need the slurp. We hear the ice cubes. It was good. The whiskey definitely is overpowering. That is for sure. That might have just been my own personal touch. Yeah, I was going to say, did you pour too much? Uh, maybe. <laughs> it, it, it has a fair amount in there. It's one and a half ounces. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just kind of eyeballed it with <laughs> okay. a shot glass or two. And then what do you grade it? Similar to Eric, it's acceptable. Okay. Hmm. I think we all grade it acceptable. And again, we're we're not experts at crafting cocktails, so maybe that's no. our problem. I think I think that might be the problem. <laughs> Eric, you have another drink recommendation that you really like? The cocktail I alluded at the beginning of the show, I mentioned there's a cocktail recipe I go to. And it's pretty much inescapable on all of these lists is a version of butterbeer. It pretty much writes itself because, you know, in the books, it's the word beer and it stands out. And it's like there's also whether or not it's alcoholic is kind of debatable. But um, but yeah, anyway, butterbeer, there's so many recipes online, some involving literal butter that you melt in a pot with literal beer. I've had that. It's not bad. I know. But can you Mm. imagine? Like the calorie count is insane. But yeah, that's it's butterbeer, dude. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, yeah. But my my personal version of butterbeer that I'll be sharing with the audience is not, and I won't be taste testing it, I don't have the stuff, but it doesn't have butter or beer. But mm-hmm. it is very much in theme and it tastes very good. It's one shot of butterscotch schnapps, uh, which is a version of schnapps that you can get. Uh, one shot of dark rum, any kind of dark rum, Captain Morgan I typically go for, and a 12-ounce can of cream soda. Mm. Okay. Mm. And you tip it off, and that's the perfect sort of proportion uh, for what I like. And you can put ice in it, and then you tip it off, or you top it off with uh, whipped cream. And it's very, very, very good. The reason I like it is it's like three ingredients. You can go to the grocery store on your way to a house party, as I have done countless times in my prime, and grabbed just three items for like, you know, under 20 bucks or 20 or 30 dollars. And then you go and it makes, you know, just a bunch of cocktails. So and it's, you get it's, to be the cool person because you show up and you're like, I brought butterbeer butter and everybody's beer, like, exactly, I love Harry Potter. Exactly. Let me try it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. So. That is my preferred version of butterbeer. Some people do it with vodka, like Adam Bromberg, longtime friend of the show. I don't touch the stuff except for making the Dumbledore. But yeah, that's my butterbeer recipe. Okay. Yeah, I mean, when the theme parks came into existence, we were hoping, I think, they were going to do an alcoholic version of butterbeer at the park. And they decided not to because they wanted, in their words, they wanted the taste to be consistent. I'm sure a few people may or may not have made their own version at the park oh i can you imagine have, sneaking a flask in and <laughs> i've done it? that we did I, I, some people yeah i mean yeah. i take you a little po- scandalous <laughs> here's my hack i take a little pocket thing of fireball into the park and i pour it in the butterbeer and it's but perfect you can get fireball at the hogshead can you 
Yeah. Oh, that's I didn't like know one that. of the three whiskeys. Anyway, it's that's... probably less expensive to. Of course. Yeah. 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 Okay, and uh, we did get one recommendation from a listener, Jake the Snape. He now I do not recommend this, and it sounds like he doesn't either. He calls this drink the Avada Kedavra, <laughs> and of course it's going to be heavy on the liquor. Six parts vodka, eight parts whiskey, four parts gin with a splash of coke. Woof. I, I'm sorry, Jake the Snape. That's not. That's not. That's not right. That <laughs> it's like a sounds like something I would make tea. for Dragon Con. Because <laughs> mm. that's you what know, you do for Dragon Con. You mix a large like jug or whatever of your preferred drink and you bring it with you. Oh, like a road soda. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I, if you're going to call a drink Avada Kedavra, to me, it has to be green, right? Because mm. green light accompanies the spell. I think that's, you know, possibly something you could achieve with food coloring um, but yeah, yeah, it reminded me, Micah, isn't there, didn't we have a a Long Island in the Hogshead is on their secret menu. They do like a wizard's <laughs> Long Island. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. I mean, you can make it green. Isn't absinthe green? I mean, if you if you have six parts, <laughs> well, uh, whiskey, also, eight parts whiskey, might as well, and four parts gin, might yeah, as well add Midori, some absinthe to it. Midori, Midori, that's what Midori. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, we had a friend Ooh. in the old Harry Potter days who was obsessed with Midori, and I would always drink Midori and Sprite with him, and that was a very green drink. Oh. So you could do that. All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers, cheers to uh, 15 years of MuggleCast and a new year, a better year, and uh, <laughs> Laura's birthday that she forgot about. Yep. Well, I don't know if we can recommend trying Jake the Snape's Avada Kedavra drink, but I do have something that we definitely do recommend. Um, so we're going to take a quick break here to hear a word from one of my favorite sponsors, Third Love. Third Love uses millions of measurements to design bras with all-day comfort and support. And Third Love stands behind their products. If you don't love it, exchanges and returns are free for 60 days. Not sure about your bra size? Take Third Love's online fit finder quiz to find the size and styles that are right for you. This quiz is fun to take and will only take about a minute of your time. I was really impressed with how accurate the results were and have been wearing Third Love ever since. I'm in love with the 24-7 perfect coverage bra because it manages to be supportive and comfortable, but you really can't go wrong with any of their style offerings. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 10% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash mugglecast to find your perfect fitting bra and get 10% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash mugglecast for 10% off today. So to have more fun today, we are going to play the very popular mobile app game, Heads Up. Uh, if you've ever been to a theme park, you've seen somebody playing this in line with their friends. Uh, everybody else, hopefully, you've you've heard of this game before. It's like it's like a modern day version of the classic game show Password. And they do have Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts decks. So that's the ones that we are using today. I've picked the Harry Potter deck. Here we go. Okay, this is a place you go. It's the Hogwarts wants us to fight back. Uh, it's the headquarters of the oh, Dumbledore's, Dumbledore's Army. Army? Where oh, Harry no, uh, room show. of requirement? Yeah. Yes. Oh. That's in London. It's a pub. Leaky Cauldron. Yep. Yep. Oh, Avada Kedavra, Imperio, Crucio. Uh, uh, unforgivable curses? Yep. Yep. Oh, this Gilderoy Lockhart unleashes these on unsuspecting second year students. Cornish Pixies. Yes. <laughs> Voldemort's Wizard Nazis. Uh, oh. 
uh, uh, Death Eaters? Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the opposite of that. Dark Wizard Catchers. Uh, oh, Aurors. Yep. Yep. Hurry! Madam oh. Hooch Madam teaches Hooch, this. Yeah. Qu- Quidditch. Uh, no. Broom b- flying lessons. Yep. Yeah. 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 You, you, got, got, you got it. You got it. Add I got it, but the... it didn't count it. No. Because add I didn't... add oh, one to the total. That time. counts. All right. We're wow. in the holiday season. So so nice. <laughs> okay. Season we can. Cheat. It's Laura's birthday. We get <laughs> an extra point. All right. So I got I got seven. Thank you. Good clues. Good clues. All right. I'll go. Uh, two wizards fighting. Uh, wizard duel. Yes. Yes. Well, yep. dueling. Filch's cat. cat. Uh, Mrs. Norris. Yep. Uh, Harry to Vernon. Uh, 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 Petunia. Yep. Uh, when you stop a wizard from moving. Oh, a Petrificus to Talus? No, it's a, Full body no. it's a spell to make somebody stop okay, moving. Okay, I'm going to pass. Okay. Yeah. Dragon. Hagrid. Sorcerer's Stone. Norbert? Yes. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, Neville has one. <laughs> Remember. As a pet. Oh, uh, Toad. Yep. Solemnly swear I'm up to no good. Marauder's Map. Yep. yep. Ooh. Ooh. Harry Chrome uses, uses this, this during the second task oh. in the lake. Oh, listen to Laura. Uh, no, some, no, <laughs> no, I'm it wrong. Was it wasn't Harry. Okay. It was somebody else who used it. All right, I'm gonna, I'm somebody gonna subtract. This is Nora San Petunia. Oh, Immobilis. What a weird one. Yeah. yeah. Bubblehead charm. Okay, so I only got five. I feel like we mm. should give Eric the bubblehead charm one because I was wrong. Look <laughs> 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 all this holiday kindness. That's part of the game, though. I mean, now Eric has to hold a grudge against you and give I you th- back yeah, clues. Yeah, 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 and give you bad clues. Yeah, deliberately. That, that's true. How many did you get? Five. And you're seven? I got he, seven. Yeah, he got seven. Well, you win, no matter what. Yeah. Why? No, because magic that's number. the most magical mm. number. Okay, until one of you gets eight, and then one of you win. <laughs> yeah, Voldemort had eight Horcruxes, after all. I can try. Okay. Salazar Slytherin's secret place. Oh, damn, I probably just... Ch- yeah. Chamber of Secrets. You got yep. it. Just go. <laughs> Snape. Book six. Severus. Snape is also known as Severus. Uh, book six. His, his nickname. His book six. Oh, Half Blood Prince. Yeah. Yes. You got a text from somebody named Phoebe. Or <laughs> Phantom. <laughs> Harry's first girlfriend. Uh, Cho. Yes. Uh, liquid Luck. you lucky. lucky. The drink Felix I'm drinking. Felices. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, it's an accident when you're operating. Oh, um, splinching. Yeah. If you turn into, into an, an animal. animal. Yep. Um, animagus. Yes. Yep. Quick, quick. How many points did you get? I got one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. All right, Laura. Okay. The death curse. Avada Kedavra. Yep. Mm-hmm. 150, 150 points in Quidditch. Points. Uh, snitch. Yep. yep. The lead Hero. character. Harry Potter. <laughs> the man yep. himself. Oh. The goblin that shows goblin. Harry his vault. Grip hook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dobby, the Dobby. house elf. Yeah, mm-hmm. Laura's going to win this. Uh, spinoff movie. Questionable. Fantastic Beasts. Yes. Yep. To- full title. <laughs> oh, Crimes of Grindelwald. No, no, she got it. Yeah. Uh, loves peacocks. <laughs> <laughs> Lucius. Yes. yes. Yep. Uh, nearly Headless Nick. Is a The Bloody Ghost. Baron. Yes. Cocktail. Yep. Yes. <laughs> um, Lupin is a... Werewolf. Yep. Yep. Go quick. Uh, time did you right, get time's it? Up. I think Laura won. Make sure it counts werewolf. I got nine. Nine. Ooh. I would expect no less from the birthday girl. Well, I got easier ones though. I feel like this cheated. Well, and Eric well, didn't mean... sabotage you like I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was because we gave such great clues. <laughs> yeah. It's... Also, I got to go last, right? So everybody got warmed up. 
you know? Mm. Oh my God, everybody's so nice. Be mean to each other. Lauren, <laughs> take some credit. Listen, it's the holidays. I'm feeling very warm right now, although uh. it could be this themed cocktail that I've been having. <laughs> could be. If you want to play that with your friends, uh, you can download the Heads Up app. You might have to pay extra for the Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts decks, but I know they sometimes go on sale. Um, really fun game. And of course, phone games are fun, but what's fun for the kids in our life? That's also good for their brains. How about some great books? We know that many of our listeners have children, and if you're looking for some great books for the year ahead, I want you to check out Literati. Literati Kids is a subscription book club that sends five beautiful children's books to your door each month. Literati Kids has book clubs for children ages 0 to 12, and each club has age-appropriate selections tailored to what your child needs. Every month, you'll get a box of five expertly chosen kids' books with themes like mystery, adventure, STEM, and history. These are soul-enriching books, handpicked by leaders in child education. Gift subscriptions are available for one, three, six, or 12 months of books. It's a great way to keep the holiday magic going through 2021, whether you're gifting a niece, a grandson, a friend's child, or your own. Unlike other kids' book clubs, Literati Kids lets you try before you buy, keep only the books your child loves, and return the rest for free. I am lucky to be an uncle, and I signed my two nephews up for Literati, and their mom reports that they are adoring these books. What's also been interesting is that Becca is an elementary school teacher, and this was the first time she's seen any of these books, so it also helps you discover excellent new books that you wouldn't have otherwise. Go to literati.com slash mugglecast for 25% off your first two orders, and pick your kid's book club gift today. Remember, no one else has kids' book clubs like these. Only at literati.com slash mugglecast can you get 25% off your first two orders and receive five incredible kids' books curated by experts delivered to your door every month. That's literati.com slash mugglecast. Make your little one's holiday season unforgettable this year. So let's look back at the year that was 2020. All right. That was good. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so much happened in this yeah. year. Well, when, when Micah first put this in our doc, he had it as the top seven moments of 2020. And I was like, I'm not sure you can say there were top moments of the year. In the Harry or Potter even seven fandom. moments relating to Harry Potter. Right, right. A difficult year for the Harry Potter mm-hmm. fandom. Um, but we did it. We made we it did, work. Yeah, we put together some items. I mean, there were some products released that were very, very good and some announcements as well. These items are in no particular order. Quidditch Through the Ages Illustrated Edition was released. And now the Hogwarts Library set is all done in terms of the illustration illustrated formats. It was back on 486 we uh, reviewed the Illustrated Edition. And uh, actually, this just reminded me that another book came out that we reviewed, the Mina Lima Sorcerer's Stone Edition. And we also found out that they're going to do the entire series, it sounds like, which is... Oh, what? Yeah. Well, we, we mentioned that they they had announced that Chamber of Secrets will be out next November. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize they were going to do all seven. I mean, I guess it obviously makes sense, but... Uh, I guess they haven't said that, but if you're doing books one and two, you got to do the rest, you know? No, book five will take him eight years. <laughs> <laughs> It does seem uh, to be a little bit of competition going on, though, between Mina Lima and the Jim K. If I was Jim K, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, yeah, Yeah. I created these illustrated editions already. Why are you coming up on my territory? Stay out. Yeah, it's it's definitely having that movie touch, though, right? The fact that Mina Lima has worked on the films 
So it's a little bit different, but I agree. If I was Jim K, I'd say, you know what? At least wait till my full set is out <laughs> before <laughs> you come and, and start releasing your own illustrated edition. And really, I mean, Team Harry Potter should be saying that as well. Like, why do you need two illustrated edition series coming out at the same time? Anyway, there was a really nice event that occurred over, what was it? I guess early summer. Stars from the Harry Potter movies took turns reading a chapter from Sorcerer's Stone to entertain people during quarantine. That was a really nice thing that WizardingWorld.com put together. Um, I never watched them. I I, I checked out Dan Radcliffe's reading because that was a, a genuine surprise to me. But Micah yeah. and maybe Eric, didn't you guys watch like all of these? I, I, oh. I, I listened to at least... Four or five of them, I want to say. I thought you were going to say at least one a day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did watch a few of them. I thought, um, I think we talked about Dan Fogler, um, the chapters that he read um, with Allison Sudol going back and forth uh, was probably one of the best. I mean, I haven't watched all of them, so I can't really comment across the board, but I think just he has amazing um, impersonations that he does or, or character voices that he does. He could be a future voice actor for uh, for Harry Potter down the line if they wanted to do more reading of the books. Uh, so, Or maybe he can voice a, a character in Fantastic Beasts when uh, Jacob dies in movie three and <laughs> he can voice a beast or something. If yeah. movie three ever comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to say this, the Harry Potter at home quarantine readings were i think they're a top news item for the year i think they really were designed with a goal of altruism or 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 they i think they were given and received in a positive light which you cannot say with a lot of what happened this year yes yeah i think mm -hmm. yeah un, undisputably they were they were very well received a nice project for wizardingworld.com to put together i'm sure like a big undertaking too to get that all organized that must well, this is much but like for example this is much better than uh gal gadot's uh <laughs> imagine song that got an equal number of stars involved but was seen as tone deaf well speaking of the movies we should mention next that Fantastic Beasts replaced Johnny Depp. I mean, that was definitely the most shocking event of the year. Probably one of the most shocking Harry Potter news items of the past, like, five years. I agree. I just never imagined that they would actually do it halfway through the series. But there was this change in leadership at Warner Brothers, and there was less tolerance for, let's say, these types of news stories surrounding any certain actor. So they were yeah, like, you know what, let's just get rid of them. As well as an uncertainty around how many court cases there would be in the future to resolve this issue. Yeah, it um, just wasn't going away. Yeah. And at the same time, they announced that Fantastic Beasts was going to be moved to 2022. By the way, I don't think they've actually like officially... Like if you go to WizardingWorld.com, you won't find a news item about Johnny Depp being replaced by Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> oh, of which... course not. <laughs> It's kind of surprising. Wait, I, I do have to back up. They did announce Mads, but there's no mention of Johnny Depp in this article. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. I mean, the author doubled down on that casting way back in the day. So, of course, they're not going to acknowledge that particular part of this recasting. Yeah. Well, not just her, but also David Yates was pretty yep. adamant um, in his support of of Johnny Depp, or at least in terms of the casting. So mm -hmm. that to me, I, I'm just really concerned. I know we've talked a lot about this 
this year about the future of Fantastic Beasts as a series, you know, with the fact that the third film has been moved now to 2022, there's a huge gap in between the second and third films. And I think they're going to have to do a pretty good job of, of marketing this film and building up hype if mm-hmm. they want people to stay interested. Here is some exciting news. Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy was announced. This is that open world RPG video game that's coming to PS4, PS5, the Xboxes, etc. Not Nintendo Switch, unfortunately. Damn it. Um, This game looks phenomenal. The trailer looks amazing. I think it's supposed to come out next year. Video games do tend to get delayed, so I'm not getting my hopes up that it's actually coming out in 2021, but... It had been rumored for years. It was finally officially announced this year, and it just looks wonderful. Agree. I completely agree. This is this is wonderful. I just saw there's an article on this written by the game's creator. I got to find his name. But uh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of cool articles out there on what this will be. Um, but Hogwarts in the 1800s, that's really just an exciting time that seems ripe for exploration. Oh, I loved the 1800s uh, for the Wizarding World. It was really <laughs> I mean, remarkable. You know, a simpler Lack of, time. Uh, modern healthcare, civil rights. You know, you gotta <laughs> love it. <laughs> it. Just, it's a completely fresh era. I mean, we don't yeah, know anything. Yeah. You know, in the 1900s, we know pretty much everything that happens from the 20s onward. Uh, right, and it's refreshing to see them not reboot the Harry Potter story. You know, like this other mobile Harry Potter game, Hogwarts Mystery. Like, doesn't it take place? Actually, it does take place before Harry's years, right? But it's still pretty close to Harry's years. This is so far back. It's an entirely different world. But maybe we'll see some characters that we know, like Dumbledore. Or- yeah. I Well, there's also expansion packs too, right? There's there's the opportunity to continue the story beyond just wherever they are in the 1800s. But mm-hmm. I think this is the video game that Potter fans have been waiting for for yes. so long. Just because it it seems to be open world and the opportunities to to explore, I, I think that just in and of itself, putting the storyline aside, the opportunity to explore Hogwarts and Hogsmeade and, and other areas is just going to be so much fun for people. I found the article I read. It's on PlayStation Blog, of all places. It's written by Adrian Ropp, the head of story, and he's talking about writing content for the 1800s, writing for the Wizarding World in the 1800s. Anyway, give it a, we'll link to it in the show notes. Give it a read. It's really, really good. And it has cool stills and screenshots from the game. Here was some other nice news. Rupert Grint had a child. Oh. <laughs> we were oh. kind of grasping for some nice. items to include here. Yeah, but old. also, this was, I, I would argue, one of the best human moments in the fandom this year, especially during a year when, and this is kind of alluding to the next item we're going to talk about, there was a lot of controversy coming from the very top of the fandom. So it was really nice to see not only did Rupert Grint have a healthy child, but also um, a lot of our favorites from this fandom stood up to some pretty insidious rhetoric that was coming out of the top boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I love this. Instead of a of a sugar daddy, we have a ginger daddy. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Is the child a redhead? We must know. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope he still has that ice cream truck because I think it'd be very cool to to take his kid. I think he sold that. Oh, oh no! He? Why would he sell he said, that? I think he said it was creepy. 
for an adult <laughs> is man to be driving an ice cream truck around like that. Well, anyway, he named his daughter Wednesday. Oh, these celebrities and their unique hey, at least baby like, names. I, I hope it's an Adams Family reference. Wednesday Grint. Wednesday G Grint. And yeah, so Jenny? Rupert Rupert and his girlfriend Georgia. Uh could be could also be Georgia. Georgia. Wait, yeah, was maybe. Wednesday born on a Wednesday? I gotta know. Uh he posted it on Oh yeah, didn't he like join Instagram too this year? That was a huge moment for Laura. What a power move to be like, whenever the baby is born, we're gonna name her after that day. I see his profile pic on his newly launched Instagram is uh Maggie Smith kissing him on the cheek. That's cute. Oh, must be a Harry Potter premiere. If I had that photo, I would make that my profile picture. Right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, another item, of course, was J.K. Rowling tearing the fandom apart. No matter. I know, you know, people are very split on how the fandom reacted on how J.K. Rowling handled herself, uh, what it means for trans people. You know, and we're not going to get into that again today, but it was a big moment for the fandom because, you know, back in the day, everybody just unequivocally loved J.K. Rowling and things started changing over the past few years as she became more outspoken on trans people and their right to exist. Right. Very upsetting. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, it came at, came at a time, honestly, like this really bubbled to the surface quite close to the start of the pandemic and and also when she had made a return to social media people were very excited that she was back back and and that she was interacting with fans and and you know the whole Ichabog and and we didn't know where that was going to yeah, go she wrote a children's book this year yeah mm-hmm. and she released the um the next book in the Corman Strike series which i mean normally those are things we would be talking about in great detail but i think we feel you know the way we feel and and kind of as you said, Andrew, we know that there's differing opinion out there and we're not going to get into it, but the resulting of what she said has really polarized a lot of different folks in the fandom. Hopefully um, there won't be more of that in the years ahead, but my impression is that J.K. Rowling feels like given the position she's in, she can say whatever she wants and she doesn't really care about the consequences because she's already at the top and that's never going to change. Yeah, maybe next time she wants to promote a children's book, she'll see like, oh, hey, that worked really well with the Ichabog where I was like, hey, kids, submit your hand-drawn photos. And then next tweet is like, these people don't deserve to exist. (laughs) That was crazy. She claimed she like accidentally copy and pasted something wrong or something like that. It It was pretty wild. And then let's end on a bright note. MuggleCast, let's be self-indulgent for a moment. Uh, We turned 15 this year. And we're Huge. so grateful for the fact that we've um, we've had you as a listener here for so long with us. I'm sure some of you just started listening this year, but for others, you've been listening for a lot longer. And no matter how long you've been listening, we are so grateful that you are listening to MuggleCast. It's been a really great year for the podcast. I mean, we've had a ton of fun here on the show. We finished chapter by chapter, which was a really big deal for us because we've been yes, working that on that. started all the way back in episode 32. Yeah. Wow. And obviously we took breaks over the years from chapter by chapter. Right. MuggleCast itself took a break, but it's been nice to be in a post chapter by chapter world for MuggleCast because it's just been so much fun coming up with these episodes in which we're doing discussions that you're not expecting. With chapter by chapter, it was like, you know, you know what to expect every week. 
And it was nice for us because we were kind of operating in autopilot. But now the four of us go into these meetings and we start brainstorming ideas. And we just come up with so many different ideas that we get really excited about. And so these discussions have been a lot of fun. And we hope that you, the listener, have been enjoying these discussions as well. We're completionists. So we're happy that... uh... I think we we also had what a, a chapter from Sorcerer's Stone we needed to do that we were able to, <laughs> yep I don't know if that was this year back for that uh, but it was important for us to uh, to do that and uh, I would just echo what you said Andrew I think with everything that's gone on this year having the podcast being able to get together every single week the listeners it's just been really great. Uh, I think we're really fortunate that we have that opportunity just to get together every week and talk about something that we enjoy to talk talking about. It's important also, I mean, very few podcasts turn 15 years old. Very few podcasts reach this milestone or have so far reached this milestone. We're one of the only ones out there. Um, I'm grateful to have had MuggleCast not only this year during quarantine, like Micah was saying, but also all years for half my life now. Yeah. Yeah. I also just appreciated the number of opportunities we had to connect with listeners. We did a lot mm. of Quizich lives over the course of this year in an effort to try and give people something to do. They're um, all since, on YouTube. Yeah, since we're all trapped inside. And, you know, one, it gave y'all something to do, but it also gave us something to do. And it gave us a really good chance to get to, to connect with all of you. And um, that's always the best part for me. Yeah, we've done more this year than I think we have most years, if not any year in MuggleCast history. Um, I think we took off one week less or maybe two weeks less than we normally do. And that's because we had nothing else to do outside of podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) So that's been one good uh, part of the pandemic. But yeah, so thank you to everybody for listening as always. We're we're so grateful. And uh, we did have some plans for around this time to celebrate our 15th year. London. Yeah, we were thinking of all going to London together and doing a bunch of different Harry Potter things together. And then we were going to record a bunch of podcasts in person together. Like I wanted to get some really good audio equipment so we could get the get these really high quality recordings done. You know, we'd go to the studio tour and then we'd um review it. We'd go to Curse Child and and then review it. Uh, Mina Lima review it like there were so many cool opportunities over in London that we could have done and just didn't happen this year but maybe next year we'll see but that's our 16th anniversary and like oh that's so random well you'd always do it for episode 500 if we just don't release episodes after this until we can get back to <laughs> until London opens its borders but I hear there's a new strain of COVID so we probably or we won't. can just wait until the 20th anniversary <laughs> Five <more years. laughs> by then maybe Fantastic Beasts 3 will be out Yep. (laughs) (laughs) In bonus MuggleCast today, available on our Patreon, patreon.com slash MuggleCast, we'll look ahead to 2021. Is there anything to look forward to in the new year? We're going to try to find out. And we'll also discuss what we would like to see out of the Harry Potter fandom in the year ahead. We do have one more sponsor this week, BetterHelp. This year has obviously been a tough time for most, and I know the holidays can be even more difficult for a variety of reasons. That's why if you've been considering therapy, we'd like you to check out BetterHelp. They will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who can work with you digitally. What's great about BetterHelp is that it makes it so easy to jump into therapy. You can speak with a therapist right from wherever you're listening to MuggleCast, and the service is available for clients worldwide. 
You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to take some time to get to a therapist's office. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today, so make the holidays and next year a little easier by signing up. We have a special offer for MuggleCast listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash MuggleCast. That's BetterHelp, spelled B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash MuggleCast for 10% off. Make sure you use that link so they know we sent you. And thank you for supporting the show by supporting our sponsors this year. It's time now for Muggle Mail. Area code 610, just like mine. Oh. Somebody in Pennsylvania. Is it Robert Skull? (laughs) There is a Robert Skull, but I don't know him. I'm connected on Facebook. Hey, Eric. Remember me? (laughs) I'm in a group called Skulls of the World, and it's everybody with the last name Skull. Are you really? (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's there's actually, there's another Eric Skull, which is super funny, because Uh he looks nothing like me, acts like nothing like me, but I see him on Instagram. How do you know? (laughs) I I follow him on Instagram. Oh, okay. All right, anyway. well, here's Robert, probably not Skull. Hi, MuggleCast. This is Robert. I had a thought on your recent discussion about uh, the magical devices and gadgets in the Wizarding World and why more of them are not improvements upon Muggle objects. I'm wondering if the complexity of the object makes it more difficult to enchant. Uh, the best example I can come up with is Mr. Weasley's car, which, as cool as it is that it flies and can do all of the things Mr. Weasley made it do, it also kind of gains a sentience, uh, kicks Ron and Harry out of the car, picks them up and then kicks them out again, but really just takes on a mind of its own. So I wonder if more wizards in the past have not tried to enchant these objects to make their lives easier and just found that quills and parchment and clocks and more basic objects are just easier to enchant. Um, thank you so much for taking my call. Apologies if you hear any rustling in the background. That is just my cat, Albus, chasing my other cat, Bellatrix. Thanks for all you do. <laughs> Bye. That was a sly way of name dropping his cats, I believe. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Great names. Yeah, and, and good voicemail. Thank you for the feedback. That was a really fun discussion that we had last week. Uh, speaking of our gadgets and gizmos discussion, we have this email from Jeffrey. I always thought that the Marauder's Map Seems like a really dodgy thing to have around. It came in handy several times, sure, but surveillance is a complicated thing because it can lead to a huge invasion of privacy. It doesn't show what people are doing, but the thought of someone being able to know where I am at all times without my consent makes me feel icky. For those reasons, I say not cool. However, if it did exist, I'm going to say about $1,500 for it. <laughs> this this creepy item invades our privacy, but you know what? I would pay $1,500 for it. Well, yeah. the good news is someone's always tracking you with your smartphone. That's I was right. going to say, Jeff, go into your, if you have an iPhone settings, uh, general privacy, turn off location services, turn off find my iPhone on Snapchat. There's a map where your friends can see where you are. Just... Oh, I have that ish turned off. I hate that thing. The Snapchat yeah. map. I mean, it'd be cool if it was like the Marauders map font. It is really creepy. I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago when we were talking about the Marauders map at some point. It's so weird that somebody can track you in school and this should be banned because that's not right. Yeah. There's people are underage too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we have an email now from Megan. 
She says, hey, MuggleCast, I'm a new listener, but I wanted to put some thoughts I had while listening to your cast for the Harry Potter TV show in the Wizarding Gadgets episode. For the casting list, I thought Millie Bobby Brown would make the perfect Hermione. And I know y'all didn't discuss the trio or any of the kids' roles, but if they aged down Millie Bobby Brown for the first couple books, she would be perfect. This was my epiphany that I had while listening to this episode and wanted to know what you guys think. I also wanted to put in some thoughts about the put-outer versus deluminator. There, I said it right, listeners. And as this has been deeply discussed by Mike Schubert on Potterless, a theory is that the put-outer was the prototype and was a more common gadget that only had the power to put out the lights, whereas the deluminator was Dumbledore's personal invention with its power that we see in Deathly Hallows. I love this podcast so much and listen to it with my brother. So thanks, you guys, so much. Thanks, Megan. Yeah, I like that theory. Yeah, me too. I like the theory a lot. I think Millie Bobby Brown is too old for Hermione. Yep. But I like the idea and I enjoy her as Eleven and I still haven't seen Enola Holmes, which I really, really want to watch. What was your, Eric, I remember you had a crazy casting idea. What was that? No. Hmm. Remember that? We were all laughing at it. Oh, like, this is so outrageous. Oh, Rebel Wilson. <laughs> I don't think I for said what? for that Hermione. No, no, that no. was me. No, but Eric oh. had another one. We were like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't see if I can look it, it up. I don't remember what it is. I genuinely don't. <laughs> okay. But. Okay, well, while you look for that, I'm going to read the next email. This comes from Poe. Poe says, in regards to your character-defining episode, I think I have another suggestion for Harry with some James, Sirius, and Snape sprinkled in. While I think the ones you you all picked were correct, I think one that is more important than people think is in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince Chapter 24, when Harry uses Sectumsempra on Draco. At this point, the conflict between the two of them has built over to a boil, and Harry has practically gone mad trying to catch Draco. However, once Harry realizes what he's done, he very clearly realizes he has crossed the line. His line. I think it's an important moment everyone has, realizing what line they won't cross. And I think this is Harry's moment. I also think it helps put into perspective his rivalry and hatred for Draco. It's not a kill or be killed relationship. It's a toxic schoolboy bullying rivalry. I think it's also just juxtaposed against James, Sirius, and Snape's similar moment. I think James realizes what his line is with Snape when Sirius tells him he's told Snape how to get past the Whomping Willow. Yes, James hates Snape, but he doesn't want him dead. His hatred is a schoolboy's hatred. I think this moment also shows that Sirius and Snape's idea of crossing the line is very different. Snape is willing to risk his life and limb to, for lack of a better word, out Remus for no other reason than he hates him, while Sirius is willing to risk Snape's life as a prank. Now, I think it's worth pointing out that Sirius and Snape both had very dark and screwed up backgrounds. Sirius does have the extra privilege of coming from money, but I believe both of their parents were abusive, and therefore both of their understandings of what crossing the line is are much further uh, back than Harry and James's. So while it's not the most character-defining moment for Harry, I think it's an important one when it comes to his own morals. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Poe. Yeah. Yeah. Always a lot of good emails that have come in on defining chapters. I feel like we'll continue to get those uh, for a while. But somebody who actually, Laura, you'll appreciate this, connects the threads between two of our episodes 
This is from John who says, I've been catching up on episodes, so I may be a little late. Don't worry, John, you're not. Uh, But I had a comment to bring up that connects two of your recent episodes. On your Halloween episode, you missed what I think is likely the scariest, creepiest, saddest moment in the entire series. In Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 9, when Molly is cleaning out Black House and she goes to get rid of the Boggart, it torments her psychologically by taking the form of her dead husband and children. It is the moment from the books that haunted me more than any other. It is also, I think, the defining chapter for Molly. She is an adult, highly skilled witch, capable of destroying Bellatrix, and yet when faced with the unimaginable horror of losing her family, she can't even manage to conjure a spell that third years do at Hogwarts. I hate to reduce her to only a mother and wife, but there can be no doubt that there is nothing in the world that Molly cares about more than her family. Love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I definitely agree. This is one of the most horrifying moments of the series for sure. Definitely. And and I do like how John connects it to the Halloween episode that where we talked about scariest moments in the series to yep. Molly's defining chapter. What a perfect which birthday I don't think gift we spoke to Laura. About Molly. No. Yeah. Aww. Happy birthday, yeah. Laura. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks, John. With, with love. <laughs> All right, and we do have uh, one more chicken soup for the Mugglecast soul before we wrap up uh, 2020, and it is from Jessica, who sent us an email about her boyfriend, Connor, who is a listener of the show and a big Harry Potter fan, and, and Connor's going through some rough times right now. Um, he is from Newcastle, Australia, and um, he actually just had two craniotomies uh, within a three-week period. Um He's recovering well, but it says here that he's going to have a long road ahead in terms of radiation and chemo, uh, but he's fighting through it with an incredibly calm and positive attitude. And uh, we just wanted to take a moment here uh, to wish him well, uh, to have you know, um, a, a great recovery and, and, you know, we're thinking of you and, and yeah, if the podcast can provide any kind of solace, um, you know, to help you get through, then we hope that, uh, that's the case and that you have a very quick and speedy recovery. Yeah. We're definitely thinking of you and, and building Legos. What a fun idea. I got into Legos this year and I'm hoping Santa brings me a set or two. Those are <laughs> those are so much fun to build and the Harry Potter ones are really really fantastic. Lego did such a great job with those. It is time for Quizage. Ooh. Last week's question after the first task, what does George hear when Harry opens the golden egg? <laughs> yes. Yes, everyone close closes their ears. Uh, well, the correct answer was <laughs> George says it sounds like Percy singing in the shower. Oh, yeah, that's what I just did. Yep, would Chris Rankin appreciate that? I, I can imagine Chris is a very good singer. We all sing in the shower, but yes, yeah. <laughs> we did see he was in a room with guitars, didn't we? When uh, he was on Quizzage Live with us, so oh, yeah, he's very musical, and actually, he's starring in a Cinderella panto online. Hmm. He's a fairy godfather right now on an online panto. Love that. Speaking of Chris Rankin, super awesome. Super musical theater. Um, But yes, correct answers were submitted by uh, Miss Wolford, Artificial Orange, Sarah, a.k.a. Weensy. Hey, the count is back, you guys. Oh, thank goodness. I was so worried. 2020 is saved. I know. I think we made her day. 
Uh, <laughs> we did. I saw her uh, tweets or I saw something. <laughs> she couldn't. Yeah. Laura, she couldn't believe that you were thinking about her. Oh, well, I like that's my favorite username. <laughs> so I always think about her. Yeah. Several other people are coming for cool usernames. We also got received entries by Tuesday Barry. That's kind of Tuesday fun. Barry. How about Barry, Rupert like Grint's daughter Wednesday? Did, did she write okay. in? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Jeff Skellington, Dana Monsey's Landon, Time Traveling Unicorn. Come on. Oh, that's Billy fun. Reardon, Lance Dance, William Walton, Caleb McReynolds, and Bort Voldemort. Also, Micah, who reads our Google Mail quite often inbox, forwards me Quizich entries that are being sent to me via email. Nice. Next week's question or next year's question. The Fizzing Wisby is said to contain parts of which fantastic beast? That's gross. It's pretty messed up. Don't you eat that? We had, uh, we tried and failed to describe it correctly for heads up. So I went and did some research and yeah, there are animal parts. There's animal parts in a lot of food additives and dyes and a lot of stuff you don't want to think about go into sweets. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> How's everybody's drinks going? Uh, done. Oh, mine's done. been gone. Oh, yeah. really? Well, yeah. I still have like a quarter left. I'm going to... It sounds like all of our drinks were exceeds. Down Not acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> Andrew's a lightweight. Uh, well, I'm hosting here. I don't want to turn into a complete disaster. So, and it's, again, it's now it's 9 a.m. And I don't... Uh, my whole day is going to be off now. I'm going to have to take a nap in the middle of the day, which I don't like doing. Uh, but that's okay yeah. because we've had a really great episode today it's been a really great year i would say cheers but you three have already finished your drinks so i guess i'm just gonna <laughs> cheers, <laughs> no, cheers myself. I yeah i can drink some water with you oh mm -hmm. water awesome very cool um yeah so thanks <laughs> <laughs> thanks again everybody for listening like i said earlier coming up in bonus muggle cast today available on our patreon we will be looking ahead to 2021 that'll be available at patreon.com slash mugglecast if you have any feedback about today's episode you can email mugglecast at gmail.com or send a voice memo to that email address you can also call 1-920-3-MUGGLE that's 1-920-368-4453 we would also really appreciate a review on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to mugglecast if they have a review system we'd love getting new reviews in there so thank you very much also follow us on social media we are mugglecast on twitter facebook and instagram i think that's everything and again we will be off for two weeks so happy holidays happy new year cheers to 2021 i almost said 2020 but no we're not doing that uh cheers to 2021 <laughs> and hopefully everybody has a uh, really nice holiday season and is feeling good going into the new year. You may be able to add this in earlier, but it was Jennifer Lawrence as Molly Weasley. Was That's my... it. That's the Thank one. you for the closure on that. <laughs> yeah, that was wild, Eric. That was wild. Back on uh, 483, and I stand by it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm uh, Micah. And I'm Laura. Bye. Bye. See you next year. Bye.